Hello, this is Lisa Rusick with the podcast We Are All Psychic, and Misty is not here right now. We have Granddaughter Crow back for her part two in the Astral Series, Astral Travel Series. And would you like to say hello again, Granddaughter Crow? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I am having so much fun with this series. I've never really talked about this in a class. I've talked about variations, but this is just so much fun to engage with you, Lisa, and your audience and, and any listener. I mean, quite frankly, if you're listening to this, there's a reason. There's a reason. You're paying attention to something. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, as we go, as you know, Granddaughter Crow, you have to answer. Do you think we're all psychic still as of since Wednesday? I mean, you still think we're all psychic? <laughs> it's actually 200% Ooh, now. It's um, growing. Absolutely. Awesome. It's growing. It's growing. It's just whether we realize it, what we're doing, or we don't. Some people just call it a gut instinct. Some people call it uh, intuition. The word psychic, like I said last time, has this connotation around it. So we kind of back up from that word. But we all have a psyche. That's why we go visit psychologists, (laughs) therapists. And what's your definition of a psyche? Like, what is what, what is that to you? The consciousness. Oh, absolutely. What is it? Um, you know, this is where I I love saying this because in the thinking that taking a step back, recognizing that the language that you speak, aka English, is the language that you think in. But there are different ways of cultural, cultural, you know things that come in. So if you speak a different language, you think differently. I think one of the most widely known is that with the English speaking language, we don't really uh, put um, emphasis on the pronouns when we're talking about certain things. But like with Spanish or Portugal, Portuguese, they, they, they put a female or male yeah, type of that. emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I or love like that. in yeah, in Portuguese. It gives it personality and, and it gives it form and texture. Yeah. Absolutely. So like in Portuguese, if I wanted to say thank you, because you are a woman, I would and because I am female, um, I identified, I would say obrigada. If I were, you're too quick. Oh, I learned Spanish. That's it. I know like most, I know some Spanish. So, <laughs> so, and so now we can see the understanding of how you perceive, how you speak gives your psyche a different texture. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the English speaking language, we do a lot of, you have a psyche, I have a psyche, they have a psyche, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, we are individualizing these, this, your psyche is out of balance. So you go see a psychic, my psyche is out of balance. I go see a psychotherapist. Yeah. But in the Navajo speaking language, and yes, granddaughter Crow is of the Navajo, you know, nation just as well as I am Dutch heritage. 
But in the Navajo way, the word psyche, I studied it and it literally goes back to Hebrew and their word psyche, which kind of is this shared phenomenon. And it's like breath or air. Okay. So it is collective. And in such, it is less about your psyche versus my psyche, individualized, and our psyche. And the visual that I, I like to throw down with this is like, if you and I were fish, and we were swimming through water, psyche would be the water. Yeah, that that, that feels so, more natural than air because we're so used to air. You know, water, right. something else in water makes sense to me, too, more so than right. it's all breathing air, I guess, because it's so dense and we can see it. You can put it in a bowl. You can put air in a bowl, but you don't think about it. You can't see it, but you see the effects that it has. And so what I'm saying is I absolutely know that we are all psyche or psychic because it's not that mine is bigger or more developed or whatever. It's that we are in a shared collective and how much of this shared collective do individuals want to perceive or understand or digest is the only thing that's holding them, pushing them forward or holding them back from the idea of being psychic. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I know. Dense. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You you nailed that. I was very, very well unpacked. <laughs> Listeners, we were talking about uh, before the podcast, she she feels like she doesn't unpack all her stuff sometimes. And by that, like she, she'll throw like a sentence or two. And it's like, really? Like there's a lot more to it, she'll say. And then she feels like she doesn't let you have it. <laughs> or she doesn't, you said you didn't unpack it, but I think you do great. And, I, uh, you know, so she said, if you think I'm doing that, let me know. But uh, you haven't, and you're doing great. <laughs> and, and besides listeners, oh, by the way, listeners, this is a po- video podcast. If you want to watch it on Spotify, I forgot to say that in the beginning. Go look at her pretty face and her hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so Love she's back it. to tell us more about astral travel, and she wanted to catch us up. You wanted to catch us oh, up yeah. on the last one in case you missed it, or you just want a refresher. Just gonna let yeah. you know about it. Absolutely. So in the first part of, of this series, we are all astral. Uh, with um, We Are All Psychic and Granddaughter Crow, we talked about the word astral, meaning literally meaning stars and out there, but also meaning this body or this plane that your spirit and or consciousness and or energy can move to or through. And the concept is throughout space and time. And including beyond space and time, that it's limitless. In fact, the only limit that you give it is the limit that you give it, right? So we talked about that. We talked about that there are like numerous ways that people talk about it, whether it's astral projection, um, journeying, visions, out-of-body experience, remote viewing, etc. Meaning that there are so many many different nuances. I I believe that it goes under this big title that talks about how you are moving consciously within and throughout space and time and beyond space and time. Specifically, maybe astral projection means that you 
spiritually leave your body and go somewhere else. Journeying could be within you, or it could be to another realm or world. Out-of-body experience that happens could absolutely, that's definitely your astral body leaving your physical body. So there's all these nuances, but I'd say figure out what it looks like in your definition, because this is historical and it is global and it has happened throughout all space and time within all cultures, Tibetan and, you know, everywhere, all of them. Yeah. And that we each understand it a little bit differently. So if we could each kind of open it up and kind of have a dialogue dialogue around what does it look like to you? Where are you at with it? How do you understand it? That I think is the first step. Then secondly, we talked about the four bodies of existence. And that definitely is something that's very beautiful. The four bodies being the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body. And when we look at it from that frame of reference, what we're looking at is, is my heart, is my emotional, mental, and and spiritual body going outside of my physical body? Which I would actually say in this society, we do more than, you know, embody it. We tend to think about the future and the past. We tend to reminisce and plan. And so that would be a very loose term of actually projecting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, so, we're, we're, we're planning it out with words and stuff like that. We're yeah. giving it perspective, what might happen yes. when our attitudes are shaping it. Yeah, exactly. And in that we um, imagine, you know, if I imagine what, am, what am I going to be doing tomorrow? I will absolutely go, well, I'm going to be in this house. This is what it looks like. Give it. But if I look at what's going to happen to me in 20 years, I need to readjust the time, the, 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 the landscape. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I actually, Misty and I did this one day. Um, it's kind of like astral projection. I was talking to her about moving in with my boyfriend, which I'm doing in April this month. And she was telling me, um, which she, I told her something about the house and, and she just, and I, she got a look on her face. Like her eyes had that little, and then I said to her, you just pictured it, didn't you? And she's like, I did. <laughs> and I said, you pictured his house and you've never been inside of it, didn't you? I said, that happens all the time. It's, is, that, is that astral projecting? Because uh, she just got it. She knew. And people, it ha- happens to everybody. If you're telling about something you've never been to, you picture it, right? Someone's talking about their kitchen. You've never been there. You'll imagery. You'll have imagery of their kitchen. And a lot of times it's almost exactly like that, you know? And then it's the more you work on it. It just naturally comes as everybody imagines what they're hearing as their own, whatever they picture it as. And a lot of times is what the thing actually is or how it Absolutely. mostly is. And so with that, I would say we're all astral beings, even if you are an atheist. Yeah. Um, but what we are now going to hit on in this episode is the conscious astral travel. And uh-huh, so yes. I think that. What Misty did was she was aware that she went there and it because of her consciousness and her openness to going, we are all a psychic. I did get that hit. The more that we exercise that muscle, the more that it gets accurate. Yes, it does. 
It does. Yep. And it's intimidating to try with people because, you know, if we, I have pride and confidence and all this stuff, you know, human, nice, natural things. And when I first tried it, for example, reading cards, it's kind of like remote viewing. When I do a reading for somebody, I picture the people they're talking about. I picture their houses or wherever they are, their work. And um, they will, if I say, you know, I see a white room with a window on the left and a bed here and they'll be like, yeah, but in the beginning it wasn't always, yeah, well, the bed's on the right, you know, or he sleeps on the left or, but the more I practiced it, I would be scared and intimidated that I'd get it wrong. And even if I didn't, one minded, they didn't remember that, you know, they remembered what they got out of the reading rather than me trying to figure out if I'm getting this right, you know, <laughs> training myself. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's beautiful that you say that because psychic ability, is something that we feel like we it is a muscle yes that we need to exercise but on the flip side it's also a muscle that we need to relax into yes like it is natural that something happened within our society or belief system that told us it's not natural. So we turned a blind eye and now we need to exercise to try to erase what happened in order to get to the natural organic thing. And just for your listeners out there, I want to say, yeah, I am a professional psychic. I have been doing this kind of stuff all my life. And there comes a time, this is the hardest thing. Am I seeing something literally or am I seeing something metaphor, like a metaphor? Oh, I know you're talking about sometimes you don't know. Still, right? You don't, still. Yeah. yeah. And so I will just tell them what I'm seeing and let them tell me whether it's literal or. Yeah. And even if they don't get it, I'll get the message. Well, they'll remember it. They'll figure it out later. I may never see them Absolutely. again, but they, they, I'll just kind of know that they'll get it later. My guides will let me know or no, no, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about perfect love and perfect trust. And so with that wonderful information tonight or today, I want to talk about when you're listening to this, I want to talk about consciously astral traveling, consciously astral projecting. <laughs> and this is what I loved about part one is that we kind of grew some texture around dreaming. Yeah. And lucid dreaming. Yes. So dreaming being not just, I mean, there's so many different types of dreaming. Um, another dreaming. podcast, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and what what happens in that? And some of our dreams are literally us digesting what we what we took in that day yeah. just like your stomach digests the food that you ate your psyche needs to digest and reorganize and come to terms with what it is but then there's those other kind of dreams excuse me that we have that are like that's significant I was someplace. This has oh, a little yeah. Bit of I had a question for you actually about that. I thought of it after the podcast. Really wanted to ask you this. Um, recurring places in dreams. Like I, I have a lot of places, I, and especially when I was younger, up until I was like in my 30s, childhood, especially. I'd go to certain let's see, but there's probably about 20 places. I don't know how else to explain it, that I knew really well that didn't exist in real life. I'd go into the dream and I'd be like, oh, I'm here again. You know, I'm in the tree place or the 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 red dirt place or, you know, whatever it was, you know. And I know that there are a lot of caves in some of them and like 
they're all, I just knew the lay of the land. They're all outdoor, but I knew where everything was, you know, it was kind of weird. And I was wondering if that was something spiritual, because those are very impressionable to me. Those dreams were really impressionable. It felt like I'd been there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my husband says the same thing. He's like, oh, well, my landscape consists of, and he gives me, there, there's mountains over here, there's a valley over there. And I'm like, <laughs> you you literally have a landscape that you go to yeah. and you're telling me the same thing. I do the same thing. That is what I would consider an astral plane. That's, that that's ex- what I think. Yeah. That exa- ex- exists in a consciousness beyond and maybe it exists throughout space and time yeah and the dreams if i remember i feel like i feel like and there were usually people i didn't know kids in the dreams i didn't know but i knew them in the dreams in real life i didn't but somehow i was really close with these people in the dreams you know i love that yeah and and i think that the way since we're talking about this that would be your astral body traveling through dream time to dreamscape which is an astral plane that okay. your spirit understands and about you know something. the metaphor of some sort but it's a place yeah i got you i got you yeah oh, yeah absolutely absolutely so i i absolutely love that and so when you dream sometimes when you recognize a space that's a part of starting to lucid to understand, to be aware of yeah. what it is, where you are actually at. So I think that that probably happens to a lot of us. But the fact, Lisa, that you are speaking on it means that, you, that those are the places that you start growing into lucidity. Where you start. Yeah, I, I did in those I, dreams. Sometimes I would. You're right. Of all the other dreams, mostly it was the ones where I knew the lay of the land that, that doesn't exist. If I did get a lucid, it does exist. That's where it was. Yeah. It, it absolutely exists. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it exists is in a plane. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It exists in an astral plane that um, obviously you're not the only one that's going there because there are people there that you've never met before. Right. But I know that these people exist as well. And right. so tonight, I or today, or whenever you're listening to this, I want to talk about. What Lisa is talking about with regard to loose, beginning to lucid dream and those regular dreams where you wake up and you're like, that was significant, is the same feeling around astral traveling and consciously astral traveling. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Would you, uh, just, uh, just a thought here, would you recommend someone try astral like not astral projecting first, but um, doing lucid dreaming, trying to get that down first, which is more difficult. I've never been able to, not yet, been able to train myself to lucid dream when I want to, like wake up in a dream. I did do it. I had night terrors, actually, and I did train myself out of them by waking myself up out of them. And they were just silly. The night terrors were like, you don't remember them, right? They were just silly little things. Like I I tripped over a log, you know, and I'm walking through the woods and I stumble. And I was like, ah! <laughs> or my my son comes home and he opens the door it's like ah! <laughs> it's just nothing you know it's nothing going on so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah so what is the easier muscle for a person to work out depends on the person person you're right yeah yeah and where they feel comfortable so to kind of ground 
this a little bit, I want to kind of talk about what are the how to consciously, lucidly dream consciously astral travel. And I think that the first concept is our approach, our individualized ethical approach towards this concept with full respect for ourself and the other or wherever we're going, the destination. And when I talk about ethics, I kind of am talking about the same thing that I talk about with psychic ethics. Yeah. I learned you and I learn these ethics in the physical plane. We learn that if we're walking through the mall and we hear two people have a conversation that we find interesting, we ethically, we don't walk up to them and start talking to them. Or just... <laughs> exactly. We don't just listen to what they're saying. That's not... I mean, even though we do this... you know, <laughs> Without them noticing. <laughs> that drive, yeah, but they feel it. On their site yeah, they do. They feel like they're like somebody's listening. What? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and ethically, when you are physically walking down the road and you see, oh, there is a Native American man wearing a cowboy hat, and he has um, a, a bolo tie. So you see this, and so you walk up to him, and you're like. You're a Native American man wearing a cowboy hat and a bolo tie. And he's like, why is this any of your business? <laughs> Just because you see it physically doesn't mean that you are invited in. Yeah, yeah. And so it is the same with psychic abilities. When I'm walking down the street and psychically I hear something does not give me ethical permission to go in and interject yeah interject. you know that that makes me think of those tv shows where the mediums run around chasing people telling them what's happening i don't know maybe that's maybe they're set up already i don't know if that's real but i would never do that i wouldn't i mean if they paid me i wouldn't do that's just you don't do that to, i don't Sorry. feel like that's right to do that to people right. who, maybe they don't want to think about that right now you and know why don't why don't you think it's right I feel that it's just immoral and ethical and you're you're interfering with their energy. When they're ready, they go looking for it. Not invited. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I understand those people. Um, they get a high pressure around, I see something, so I, what am I supposed to do with this yeah. information? They do feel like they need and to do something. They need, yeah, like, why am I being shown this? Yeah. And you know what I tell them to do, because that's happened, that happened, that used to happen to me all the time. And I'm like, you need to put yourself in an energetic space that says, I'm going to walk down the road and whatever I see, I need to be invited. And if spirit, if you are strong enough to come to me beyond the grave and tell me that I need to give a message to them. You're strong enough to get that person to come to me. Right. Right. It's very true. Very true. Yeah. That's a really and good so point. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, so I made that agreement with spirit a long time ago. I'm like, yeah, I walk around, I read the news, I get psychic hits, but I'm like, 
I am just walking down the road, witnessing a bunch of stuff, hearing a bunch of stuff, but unless I'm invited. And so spirit, you can't come to me and be all, you can see me. You need to tell them this. Cause mm -hmm. I know that pressure. Yeah. I get it. And I understand the listeners who, who have felt that, but at the end of the day, you need to look back at spirit, whatever spirit is showing up and go, okay, well, if you truly need for me to talk to that person, you need to figure out a way that they approach me and yes. invite me in. Yes, very true. That's exactly right. I always just kind of keep a little bubble around me. I don't let the round big, big bubble, <laughs> big space. I don't let the spirits, I don't become aware of them unless I want to, let's put it that way. I, it's kind of like a sponge. I think of it as like exactly. a sponge. And so it is the same with the ethics of working in the astral plane or in the psychic plane okay okay use the ones that you have learned here don't butt in don't walk into somebody's house uninvited right yeah you have to not you yeah. have to ask and so it is with astral travel so it is with psychic abilities you know, if go you snooping through someone's underwear drawer in the astral form. <laughs> Although some people yeah. would if they're in seventh grade and it happened, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you, you can, but is that ethical? And it's like by the time you got to astral projecting, you wouldn't want to dig through someone's underwear in the astral. It just seems like it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I am wrong, actually. I am very wrong because I know some people who abuse the astral plane or their abilities to astral project. I have met people who abuse it. Because you have get, been given a license to drive doesn't mean that you're right. a great driver or an ethical driver or a kind driver. And so for the people who are listening to this, let that be a uh, pillar for you so that you're not exhausted and you're like, I am going to be ethical. Secondly, be intentional. If you're going to consciously journey, consciously lucid dream, consciously astral travel, be intentional, not necessarily with where you want to go, but the what you want to find or yeah. what I have a question. I want to unknow this answer. You know, it's like be intentional with your work because I have gone, oh, this is fun. I can astral project and journey. And then I'm like, take me wherever. And I find myself in these very places that have not been explored. And so they're like, oh, cool. You want to visit? And I'm just like, <laughs> what's that? So, what's that? What's that? What's exactly. That? What's that? <laughs> exactly. And and so be conscious about what where you what it is that you are seeking. And that is you preparing for the trip. I mean, we're going on a journey here. Yeah. You pack your bags, you know what outfit, you know your ethics, and you understand your intention. Why am I doing this? And when you have that, then you will have a clearer path. Yeah, I've never had an intention other than I want to try. I guess I need to be going somewhere or something. If I'm maybe right. like go to that, it's fun to go somewhere. Yeah, so even if that, even if that is your truth, then say I want to go someplace loving. Yes. Yes. I want to go to some place that gives me more information about astral traveling. I want to go so be intentional. You are born from a creator. Hence, you are a creator. So you need to 
you know, don't just take the gun and shoot wherever and <laughs> yeah. to shoot a yeah. gun. You need to be intentional. Yeah. And this is like me trying to go, hey, we're going to go on a journey. Pack your bags. We're going to a sunny destination. And we are going to be nice to the locals because. And so we need to make sure that we're not uh, being mean to somebody or being rude. And then. This is how you actually do it. So with those two things in mind, I feel safe enough to go, look, guys, this is what we do. We live in states of consciousness. And beta state is a pulse that you and I are both in right now. feels like I can feel it. Yeah. So in short... What we're looking at is the brain waves and conscious activity. When you are in beta state, you are driving through your day, doing your work, the breath work and doing the threefold breath brings you into alpha. After the alpha stage, if you drop deeper and slower, you are in theta. Theta is the state that lucid dreaming happens or you know that you're falling asleep but you're starting to see pictures we only exist there for a few seconds naturally or within our day-to-day then you move into delta and you are asleep so the muscle that we're exercising is learning how to stay in theta And so here, let me invite you to take you to Alpha. Okay. Put your fingertips together. Ah, And breathe in through the nose for a few moments. Hold that in your body. Breathe out through the mouth for a few seconds. Breathe in again through your nose. Hold, exhale, keep doing this circular breath, find your own rhythm, find your own timing. And now we are in alpha state. How do you feel in alpha? Slower and focused slower i'm never slower is nice <laughs> yeah it's quiet we did that less than 60 seconds yeah every night when we go to sleep we move into alpha and then we move into theta theta is even slower yeah than alpha but theta is where you can astral travel, where you lucid dream. Okay. Where you meditate deeply, where you get visions. So that is how you literally do it. And we went down one conscious level that's scientifically proven within less than 60 seconds. So exercise that muscle. And then exercise, how do I get from alpha into theta? Probably breathe 
that way for a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, you're right. I could feel I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going. And I didn't want to say I was tired because I wasn't. Slow. I feel I feel slow and I feel like I just want to sink a little lower into it. It feels good. Feels good. Yeah. And and memorize what that feels like so that you can achieve that consciousness quicker the next time. Okay. Yeah. So that you recognize that lay of the land next time. Right. And because we are talking about astral travel, astral projection, lucid dreaming, but of course, Lisa, you want to go deeper because yeah. that's that's where we're headed, right? So if you in sacred space and sacred time continue to do that, you will drop into theta. And then you go to the lay of the land that your set intention wanted to go and look around and see what you find. Okay. You know, I did practice your technique from the last podcast where I closed my eyes and looked for things, but I haven't found anything I looked for yet. Um, But I didn't sink into a lower, this, you would set it in that podcast too, to kind of slow it, like slower your vibrate. You said it some way perfectly. And, um, I didn't, sometimes I would just do it if I'm cleaning the bathroom or what, you know, just whatever I was doing, I pop out, look over there. No, I wasn't there. It's too fast. I need to slow myself down and prepare. And then maybe if I get used to that, I can do that fast. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm thinking. Exactly. Like you just said, you know, 60 seconds. And, and so what I would say for your listeners, do that breathing technique, fingers together automatically when you start inhaling through the nose for a few moments I just want to keep doing it, it feels body, and exhaling the do that for three minutes in the morning and three minutes at night perfect you, sleep too yeah it helped oh yeah absolutely and and you can do that more than three minutes, but that's where you start exercising the muscle of be shifting conscious states. Yeah, and doing it yourself, doing it on purpose, consciously, <laughs> shifting your conscious states. Yeah, it, exactly. And that's where your listeners, as individual and authentic as they are, will begin to see what their stronger muscle is, where they want to go what they want to find and they begin to astral travel always do this in sacred space just like if you're meditating when you're home or you know just kind of set it up and i just gave you an unlimited pass you did and it, it, it's just that no one's ever walked like you were very good at putting me in that place with your voice. But uh, it's not too hard for me to slip into a meditative state. But it used to be took a long time practicing to go and then be somewhere because else. Took a while. you know what's so funny, Lisa, is that we look at meditative states as something that we need to achieve. Yeah. And we reach out, space out, we're meditating. <laughs> and, and, and it's something outside of ourself. And, but it isn't, it's something that we need to relax into. Yeah. So it's not this thing chasing windmills. It's yeah. this doing the opposite. It's actually relaxing. And 
seriously, if you are hooked up to an fMRI, um, your brain waves would have shifted. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. In al- in alpha state, it does seem slower. It feels in, like my it, voice wants to go. I want to talk slower because I feel like that's matching what's happening around or within. I don't know. It feels like it's around me too. And everything has like a little the glow. psyche. Yeah, yeah. It's a psyche. It's a psyche without the waves in it, right? It's the ocean without the waves in it. You're yeah. you're kind of going deeper into the ocean. And this is actually a place where you get more messages quicker. This is also a state where you can create faster. This is also a state that you can learn quicker, but it's actually a state where it feels slower. Yeah. That's amazing. Paradox. Yeah. I love that. I love how this feels too. And I never, I mean, I've I've done a lot of like when I was younger, I would try, I wouldn't think of it as slowing or working with my brain waves and their natural rhythms and changing them. I would just like practice um, imagery, uh, my own, you know, not like a place going somewhere, but I would imagine things calming me down. And then like, because I had, I've always had insomnia until more recent years. I can sleep pretty well probably the last five years. Um, I'm I'm just so relaxed. I, I can't, my mind is just. We literally rest. went there less than a minute. Yeah. So I'm really curious, I, listeners and watchers, if you do this with us, don't be driving. I might be able to be driving. I didn't say that. But um, if you do try it, I'll, I'll put a little uh, poll on this podcast because I can do that. I did it on the last one too, but nobody answered my poll. I asked if anyone had astral traveled. We'll put a poll in here for anyone who uh, tries this, and if you what you experience, we'll put something in there, maybe a question and answer, and you can let her know, like granddaughter know, uh, granddaughter crow know <laughs> how, how it went. Absolutely. Yeah, that's just great. Oof. I love this state. I think that this is. Part two wrapped up, Lisa, unless you have a question. No, I think I need to like try to get to part three. <laughs> right now, I don't I love have any it. questions about anything. And that's a wonderful feeling. I like being curious, but my curiosity is, and even my Esau Gandalf all through the podcast, he was climbing, trying to calm. He loves it when I'm energetic. And now that I'm calm, he's just sitting there giving me the cute and sweet face. <laughs> the good and sweet face. Love it. He likes it. He's I matching it. it. Yeah, his eyes are, he's trying to, you know. I love it. Do this exercise three minutes in the morning, three minutes at night for at least 21 days. There's the goal. That's the goal. I'll do it at homework, listeners and watchers. And there was something, um, oh, before, uh, there was something you had wanted to um, tell the listeners about what you're doing but before that i would like to thank our sponsor everclear everclear is an advice app where you can get advice from psychics and empaths so you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve and thank you granddaughter crow so let them know what you're offering i'd love what you do so i i love it if you have made it this far through part one and part two thank you i appreciate (laughs) i appreciate uh not just being heard but that there's I appreciate the fact that you are curious 
about something that I am curious about. <laughs> and um, in such, we share curiosity and move the psyche according to we are the fish in the water called the psyche. And I appreciate that. Really quick, if you want more information on Granddaughter Crow, www.granddaughtercrow.com. I also wanted to say, for the last half of a year, I'm throwing down every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, a 45-minute live Zoom presentation on a variety of topics. You can find these topics on my website under Masterclass The Circle. And they are at a very uh, affordable price. And if you become Patreon on my Patreon, you get a couple of these. I do one-on-one -on -one readings. Depending on what level you're at, you'll get discounts. And I just really want to appreciate you, Lisa and Misty, for bringing this and also Everclear. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you, Granddaughter Crow. We just love, I love this series so much already. I mean, I, I like I told her listeners and watchers before the podcast, I listened to her Wednesday podcast four times because <laughs> I just wanted to soak it all in. It's so much. And then and just like last podcast, I feel great hanging up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so listeners and watchers, we love you. We love you. And um, have a wonderful time wherever you may be or wherever you may be. Ooh. Anywhere. <laughs> Let us know how it feels. And we will see you probably when she's ready for the next one. Thank you so much. Goodbye.